Hi everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast, Slime Time. This is Platyam3, coming to you from not the garage today. I got a bedroom in Florida. And this is Liam Land, coming to you from a blanket fort in New Jersey. So you still got the blanket fort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet padded the entire, soundproof the entire room yet. Uh, you know, life goals. You can be uh, working on that. Me, yeah. I, uh, I have air conditioning this time. I'm not sweaty and dying as I was last time. Although, you might be this time. Yeah, Again. I mean, uh, <laughs> for for my choice of drink today, I went with hot tea under the blanket for it, which I guess was a bad choice in retrospect. Mm, well, I'm, getting, I'm getting the mental image of the, uh, of the Ace Ventura rhino scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's good. Well, that voice that you just heard, everybody, that is our artist, our, the guy who made our art for this podcast, the one, the only, Dwayne. We'd like to welcome Dwayne Bullock to join our party here. Welcome, Dwayne. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, glad we could uh, hook up and get this recorded tonight. So uh, we'll, we'll start right away here. Um, how did you get into Dragon Quest? Well, I'm old. Um, <laughs> I'm as old as Star Wars. So so way back in the day when the how you pretty much got got information about games, you read you read uh, Nintendo Power. And so over over the months, I was and and like back then, it came out every every two months. So when you when you got an issue, you would pour through every single page because it had to last. And what's great about those old uh, Nintendo Power issues, a lot of those layouts were hand drawn. They had a lot of a lot of uh, original art for it. So so I remember when they started advertising Dragon Warrior, um, uh, I would really I'd kind of like look over those 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 layouts back and forth i'm like well this looks interesting so i just stuck it on my christmas list i was actually one of the few people who who didn't get it free through the uh, mm-hmm. uh through the su- subscriber bonus i was already a subscriber so i got it i got it for christmas that year uh along with i believe uh, tetris and ducktales oh right. both good mm-hmm. yeah it was a good it was a good christmas that year so you which did a- you play first Mm, DuckTales, Tetris, and Dragon Warrior last because the way that my family used to be, uh, we used to open presents in the morning and then we would just like hop on around town and go to all a whole bunch of different places. So, so I had to play like the uh, the quick games first, and I had to get the longer ones. Just kind of had to wait for those. Makes sense. Sound of the times when Dragon Warrior is the longer one. Yep. <laughs> So you probably got yours the Christmas before I got mine because I got mine on Christmas Day too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I in, got it I was in sixth grade, free. and you know I was either in sixth or seventh. As you say, you're as old as Star Wars. I'm maybe six months behind you, mm-hmm. so not too much younger. I think we're all <laughs> right about there. <laughs> yeah, I was in fourth grade, and I'd I just I had just seen it at a friend's birthday party, and I picked it up based on that. So I also actually. Lost out on the uh, Nintendo Power offer. If I knew I was going to get it for free, I probably just would have waited. 
there, there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'll uh, try to keep this PG and we'll uh, maybe move on there. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. often, yeah, I often uh, um, inadvertently say stuff like that. As okay. as you well as you well know, Platty, through our uh, our chat, that's okay. You guys, you, it happens. Yeah, I, I get a lot of that's what you know. That's what she said. That's, that's what, what he said. All that all that kind of stuff in yes. our uh, in our Dragon Quest chat. I yes. send a lot of text where where I have to immediately send uh, send another text to clarify it. I'm like that sounded way dirtier than I meant it. <laughs> I apologize. What's funny is being a teacher and hearing like third, fourth, and fifth graders say something and then they'll turn and giggle and laugh like, because they just, they realize that that was kind of naughty to say and I turn and look at them and I'm like, yeah, I got that too. Let's not do <laughs> They look horrified. Like, how would he even know that I would be right. that kind of joke? Like, I mean, yeah, like, it's, I get it's it. sad. It, it's sad because I'll be, I'll be in the grocery store and I'll just, I'll, I'll just walk past the deli section and I'll see like a package and it says wieners on it. I'll just, and I'll just, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Oh, and I saw, I saw a truck yesterday that had a very unfortunate name. It was a meat packing company and it was called action meat. Nice. <laughs> I was like, surely someone should have said something before they, they put the paperwork in on that. <laughs> that could be a couple of different companies. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we go grocery shopping at the Japanese grocery store, um, you know, to pick up uh, meats or shabu shabu or um, other uh, Korean style barbecue, we'll get like uh, pork butts. <laughs> See, and it'll just <laughs> it just says pork butts like written on there. I'm just like, wow! If my son, once my son's old enough to appreciate that, <laughs> that would be a good day. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now back to our regularly scheduled yeah. program. But anyway, Dragon Quest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, what are your favorite games in the series, uh, story-wise, gameplay-wise? So, so it's it's really it's really tough to say because it's it's funny because Dragon Quest is one of those of uh, those series. It's kind of like Batman. There are all different interpretations of Batman. It's mm. they're all very different in their own ways, but they're all still Batman. Uh, so, so if I want, if I want to do something story, I'll go more, I'll go more eight or five, but mm -hmm. if I want gameplay, um, I'll do, I'll do six or seven. Um, so or, like the job, job class skill progression wise, mm -hmm. if, uh, uh, if I want to just build up skills, I'll do, I'll do three easy three, th three, I think is the most fun just to build up a class mm. quick and easy. There we go. So now, thinking of all those games, if you only had one for the rest of your life, you're like, this is it. Dragon Quest is gone, but you can pick <laughs> one to save. Which one are you going to bring to the desert island with you? I mean, I'd have to say nine because Dragon Quest nine was a game that was that was built to play forever because you can oh, finish the game. Sure. And just Yeah, you can you can finish the game and just in just a few hours but you can just keep on just like keep on getting maps and keep going for for um forever dragon quest 9 was the first game i ever got to level 99 um like not only ever got to 99 but got to 99 i think five times because <laughs> it just makes it so easy to do that right right 
and you and you never really get uh, get bored with it. Dragon Quest Nine holds a holds a special place in my heart for like a a few reasons, but I would have but I would have to save that one. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one, and of course I'm gonna go off and on you know because you brought up dragon quest nine i now have to talk for like five hours on it but uh (laughs) but yeah every time every time we meet up at uh nintendo new york to play uh for multiplayer meetups for dragon quest nine even like nine years after the release it's like it's it's like it's within the first year you know like the fun is still there the Mm -hmm. it, it still holds up there's not a lot of multiplayer games like that that you can say that about Oh no, and and, and I'm surprised that game is almost is almost ten years old. Yeah, um, it, it is ten years old in Japan, it is. right? That's right. That's right. Japanese uh, version is is a decade old, and it hasn't been remade yet. It's really surprising. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's there's talks. Um, uh, I I'm pretty confident that they're going to remake it. They just haven't mm-hmm. announced it yet. Um, yeah. and that's like based on a couple of like hints that I saw. I think we had this conversation platy uh a while back but yeah just seeing um some official posts that kind of asked you know what are you what do you think about nine what would you you know what class would you be if nine got remade or something like that um and i don't know i just i, I have a good feeling about it i think um i think japan would want to see it and i think the u.s would love to see that as well oh yeah isn't it one of like the top selling games of all time in japan um i don't have the numbers in front of me but yeah sure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. yeah and, didn't, and didn't they have some sort of weird weird dragon quest 9 stream with like yuji hori came came on and people thought that they were going to announce something but they didn't <laughs> <laughs> everyone the was like dragon quest tease <laughs> yeah it was like everyone was like what's this i mean i think I think like maybe it was to uh, prepare people for how they were going to react the same way for the ending of Dragon Quest, your story. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Really? Which I still, I've not read the spoiler on. I've not read the spoiler on. So let's, let's keep that on the deal. You still don't know the spoiler yet? I still don't know. I don't want to know. Oh my gosh. Live a happy life. Yeah. I'd like to actually watch it someday and not know. Um, and even what this is going to be a challenge because we're going to be recording uh, next. Uh, we're planning on recording with Pendy, uh, who went to Japan and um, on a trip to specifically see the movie. Um, oh, nice. And uh, and yeah, I'm, he knows he he knows everything about it. We're going to try and get through that spoiler free, but that's. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been holding. I've been just like every every time I see an article or a mention about it, I'm just like nope. Turning it off. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I appreciate you not making spoilers or fake spoilers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know he marries Percy instead of instead of. Well, actually, know. the entire Dragon Quest Six cast shows up, and that's what ruins it. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I love, I love Six. Six was how I rediscovered uh, uh, this the series really. Oh, I, I, I really like. I like six, yeah, because I like the character designs um, mm-hmm. of four and six a lot, um, and even before like party chat was a thing, um, I I just really kind of got what the personalities of the characters were like just based on the design, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of formulate that when you're playing the NES version or even the Super Super Famicom version. You just kind of have a sense of who these characters are 
Um, and then, you know, party chat is, is definitely an addition, a, a good addition, but, uh, but yeah, we kind of grew up on Dragon Quest before that. Yeah, um, and much. it evolved into that. So we, ha- we kind of had to work with our own imaginations on the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, uh, this is something I'll get into a little bit later, but really, um, that was, that was an interesting year for like, uh, well, like not year, like a couple years for, for, uh, Akira Toriyama because he was, he was so overworked because he was, he was ending Dragon Ball at that time. He was doing artwork for Chrono Trigger. And he was doing character designs for Dragon Quest Six, and he was also doing like Gogo Ackman and Neko Majin. He was doing a ton of stuff in just this small amount of time. He was doing almost a lifetimes of wor- of work in this just this little this little kind of like snapshot of his life. And it's an it's an interesting. Oh yeah, and he had his art show at that time too. So it's amazing the quality of work that he was able to produce at that time. Ninety five, ninety six, ninety four. When did he uh when did he finish his run on Dragon Ball? He uh, uh Dragon Ball ended in 96, I believe. So then all new versions of that series have been just like taking his his character design or he he worked on the later versions as well. Uh I think I think he he writes he writes the movies. Um because he wrote the one where Frieza returns and the one after that i believe and he's he writes he writes the dragon ball super manga but there's but there's another artist's name is toyotaru i believe i'm pronouncing it right uh he's the one who draws it so and but but he still does character designs mm. um for the various specials and whatnot so and games too interesting to circle back to dragon quest nine for a minute okay Somebody else was asking about this on the den the other day, and I pulled out my little uh, platy stamp. Um, oh yeah, it's not coming. <laughs> I have one that says it's coming. Oh, and you... I put it there, and someone was like, "Wait a minute, you actually have that stamp?" And I was like, <laughs> "You know, we have really now that we have the Dragon Quest Eleven Definitive Edition mm-hmm. lit. I mean, Dragon Quest Ten gets updated all the time. We've yeah. literally got a remake or a port of." Every other game in the entire series, and one, and Dra- one Dragon Quest of the Stars is coming as well on mobile. That's coming in twenty twenty. Of course, they're they're teasing us a little on the beta, saying and, you know Canada and Taiwan only. Yeah, well, Platy Platy Canada is going to try to check that out next month. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard about <laughs> Platy Canada. I've I've got the VPN set up for my phone. I've got the VPN for my computer that let me get on there. The google store so uh we'll see how all that works well you can play uh, multiplayer with king zenith (laughs) oh yeah that's right you see 10 uh 10 is one of those games uh just like like modding a 3ds you have to go through such hoops in order in order to play it and it's it's weird what it's weird what like a region lock that they have down on that game. It seems it seems that they would be grateful for someone who actually wants wants to sign up and pay, right, and pay the right. money. Yeah, say, yeah. Why yeah. Would you not take the money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it has to do. I don't know. It could be somewhat nationalist, where like you know there there was a poll that went out, and this was like heartbreaking for someone who really wants Dragon Quest X to come to the West, but. Uh, there was a poll um, by the developers to the Japanese fans saying, like, should we open it up to like outside of Japan? And like, it was notoriously voted down. 
<laughs> and it was just like, Thanks, you know, guys. we, love we you don't, too. we, yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, you know, it, it, they, they think a bunch of people who don't speak the language are going to come in and, you know, basically it'll just be like a whole rush of foreigners on their game, which is, uh, which Part makes sense. To, it may, yeah. It makes sense to a certain respect, but at the same time, the time zone difference being about 13 hours apart, uh, it wouldn't be nearly the same time um, players would be playing. So it would just be, you know, continuous. But like, yeah, I, I can understand that to a certain extent. It was just kind of uh, sad to see, you know, considering we want the fans want, uh, even the fans who like hate MMOs want to play this game. Yeah. I was and very interested maybe, by, well, go ahead, Dwayne. Maybe they saw what happened with Ultima Online and just thought we don't want these these Americans in our game at all. Get them out. <laughs> turn into the Wild West. So, uh, so Dwayne, any games you haven't gotten around to playing in the series but want to? Yes. Other than ten, I'm a bad fan um, because pretty much any any modern game I have not played because it's I have this weird relationship with games these days. It's because I'm so I'm so busy doing doing one thing or the other. If I if I play a game, it's only for less than an hour. I'll play I'll play uh, Pokemon Go, but that but that's because like I'm outside doing doing something. I'll I'll take like an exercise break after dinner or something like that. Um, but I've I've only played the only one of the modern games that I've played. I've played Dragon Quest Heroes, which I really enjoyed. It has a fantastic localization. I'm at the I'm at the end of it. I can go ahead and beat it, but I just haven't had time just to really s- sit down. And what's sad, I own all these games. I own both versions of Eleven. Uh, I even bought the fancy uh, collector's edition, which is beautiful. I'm so glad that Square Enix made that. Uh, I have I have all the versions of Builders. So I've bought I've, I've bought them all. I just hoard them. And they taunt me. <laughs> they, they they sit on the shelf and they taunt me. Well, that's not sad. At least you're you know contributing to the um, you know the the series and, and adding money to. Mm-hmm. Square Enix has no problem with you. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will gleefully take my money. Yeah. Roll around, just like roll around on it. Like Scrooge McDuck. Yes, just diving in. I imagine a, uh, imagine a Michi in just this giant money bin of just of just money and slime and slime and slime plushies and just diving into it. <laughs> oh, which, uh, which by the way, she was involved in uh, uh, in Slime Nights for, uh, for, uh, for those who don't who don't know. And I'm ve- I'm very glad that she's working for uh, for Square Enix now as a uh, as a community manager. It's awesome to have someone that's that's like actually. A big fan and and has been involved for the longest time actually like working and helping out i think that's awesome. yeah absolutely she got her name in i think the past two games dragon quest mm-hmm. 11 and builders 2 mm-hmm. and um, she does uh, she does a lot of stuff on on streams and stuff too interviews and cor- coordination and all that she does it yes awesome. yes she actually she awkward I, I did an awkward interview with her that was i think so awful that it never made it to air oh, really? <laughs> I, don't think, I think she may have just like out of pity buried it <laughs> but it was basically like it was uh at anime expo in la i went out to see yuji hori and uh and i played the demo for the first time oh, nice. and 
all I could get out, I was just like super nervous because it was just an on the spot. Hey, what did you think of the game? Like with the camera right on me, I'm like, uh, I like the part with the horse killing monsters. And uh, <laughs> and like other than that, she's like, so you you uh, had to sell uh, some of your your collection to get here, huh? And I just was just like, yeah, I sold half my Dragon Quest collection to buy the tickets for this. And it was just, oh, man. It, it, it was true, but it was also like, it was kind of a downer for me to like admit that. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I did to, to make it all the way to LA for basically like less than 24 hours just to meet Yuji Ori and then fly home and help my wife with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Although, was it worth it though? Oh yeah, definitely. Good. Awesome. There yeah. you go. And like half your Dragon Quest collection when it's like huge because I used to live in Japan for a while is like it's I still have a lot. Oh, there's nice. there's still a lot. My wife's like, yeah, we got to get rid of this stuff. <laughs> so, no, it's mine. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, there's just stuff I don't need, you know, like towels and um, yeah, all sorts of like light up the light up swords and stuff that I should probably just oh. get rid of. Oh, speaking of Michi uh, and towels, I bought. Um, uh, I bought some Dragon Quest towels from her, and they are still they are still hanging up in my bathroom. Uh, to this day, I dry my hands on them. <laughs> Speaking of Mishi and towels, oh, I didn't know, oh, where, that, did not I didn't like know that. where that story was going. Mm. I no, no I just I I no, I wasn't thinking anything. It was just like it was. It was kind of an apropos of nothing. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's cool. What kind of what kind of towels did, did she sell you? Uh, I've got I've got one. It's got it's got a, a killer machine on it, and one that's one that has um, a dragon on it. And actually, interesting, um, uh, the font that says that says uh, Dragon Quest is actually in Pitch Pipe, which is the Dragon Warrior font. I was like, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that they actually use that over there. Hmm. Pretty cool. All right, so. We know what your favorite games are. We know you haven't got around to most of the uh, PS4 modern era ones. Um, any of the old games really not resonate with you? Any games that you don't think you'd ever want to go back to and try again? Yep, four. <laughs> oh, what? Four. oh, man. Everyone loves four except except for me. You just, oh, stab- you just stabbed me right in the nostalgic heart. I know, I'm sorry, but it's so... There, there are there are little bits of four that I re- I really really like, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about the original NES version of uh, version of four. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked I liked the chapter narrative, but it seemed like every time I got I got somewhere and I was really getting into that that chapter, it would stop and I have to I would have to start <laughs> over. <laughs> That's part of the beauty of it because you actually yeah. it makes you feel. You actually miss the characters, and then you're relieved when they when you actually eventually find them again in chapter five. But yeah, I do get that. You know, you you uh, chapter two is probably my favorite of the first four, and yeah. uh, and you do miss Elena, and it's a while until you get her back. So um, and this was something that was that was fixed in the later remakes, but but in Tornico's chapter, getting <laughs> getting. Um, uh, getting the broadsword and the armor—that was—that was so tedious. You'd have to—you'd have to rely on random drops or buy it. And I was—I was trying to get um, uh, uh, the drops, but I eventually just 
just earned just earned enough money and said, "I'm tired of this crap. I'm buying it." Chapter. But I think it's what what really soured me on four was the AI in five. Mm. Um, are, you, are you talking about the NES version? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think taking uh, taking the control away away from me made made the game way way longer and way more frustrating because I couldn't I can heal I can heal my party members the way I needed to I mm-hmm. I can do support spells I couldn't try out this spell on this monster and it was just it was just maddening um, and that was and that's been fixed in later versions but it's just and and the later versions I like fine it's just it's just not my favorite yeah that's I mean that's a common uh, complaint about the original uh, four on NES was that by the time you get to chapter five, all of a sudden you lose, you lose the support. They, you know, they, they AI the support characters and you can't, you know, you can put tactics, but you can't really um, fully control. And it, it's, yeah, it's a definitely a frustrating um, part that they fixed in, in the remakes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not a fan of, of a lot of the Joker games, and it's mainly because of user interface. Uh, I still haven't played the the remakes of one and two, but it's and uh, uh, the guy behind the Monsters games. It's a really cool guy. I think I think he joined Enix when he was nineteen, twenty, or something like that. And he's been he's been with Dragon Quest since the very beginning. Um, but it's just it seems like everything you have to you have to press a button twice. It's just like you're inputting your a command's just like, do you want to do this? Yes. This. Yes. Yes. No. It's like, okay. Which 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 annex employee? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't recall recall his name just off the top of my head. But he's been he's been a producer on the on the monsters games. Um, that's that's pretty much his his baby, from what I understand. And he's also he's also worked. Uh, he's also had a role in the in the uh, NES and Super NES games. I gotcha. Do it, was it Knob? No, oh, no, no, no. Knob oh, okay. was just a translator. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what Knob's doing now. I need to look him up. Uh, yeah, he's probably on LinkedIn. We could all add him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> be like, who the hell are you guys? Oh, it's those brats. I'll search for Knob on Google and see what comes up. <laughs> it's those brats from the Annex forums in 1999. <laughs> That's like not people. Yeah. <laughs> We were all obnoxious uh, um, college kids back then, anticipating, much, yeah. yeah, just like playing through the Game Boy Color versions of of Dragon Warrior one through three, and anticipating uh, the release of seven. Mm-hmm. And Nob was, was the guy time. putting out all the Flame Wars. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Nob. Uh, uh, Nob and Justin later on. Yeah. Uh, Justin's pretty cool too. I haven't. I haven't talked to him in ages. I think I think Nob started out, uh, you know, he was a translator, but he be, he kind of just volunteered to become an admin. And then mm-hmm. I think we were all so obnoxious on the Annex forums that he was just like, you know, fuck this, I'm out, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> he he's he just voluntarily some, left. <laughs> he's posted some interesting stories about his time at his time at Annex. I liked uh, I liked everyone who worked uh, um, who worked there. They were they're really cool guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's that he had to do a lot. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember I that. Yeah, it was a and very, I, it was a very small team. Yeah, 
And yeah, I remember him being really, really chill to talk to. I feel like we were talking to him <laughs> about him in, like in the past tense, like he's no longer with us. But uh, but no, I remember him being great, uh, great to talk to, uh, just really chill. But I understand he put up with a lot, <laughs> a lot. There was a lot going on on those forums. I really, I probably I really shouldn't appreciate have been. the level of transparency on that on that forum because in that that kind of that kind of influenced me in business in a way. Because if you're if you're always honest and straightforward with people, it prevents so many problems. It's like people were saying, well, you know, they didn't release Dragon Warrior 4 for like this, that and the other. And Justin was like, no, here's exactly why it didn't it, it didn't come out. And of course, some people refuse to believe them. Right. He's like, no. And it's like we wouldn't we still wouldn't get. Something oh, like yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. We were on the Enix forums when they canceled Dragon Warrior 4 for uh, for PS. And that was just. <laughs> that's yep. probably why knob left <laughs> just tired of listening to us bitch about that <laughs> yeah, it's like the, uh the company like literally split split into two groups and there was yeah. n- there was nothing they could do they tried they re- they really really tried but they just they just did not have the budget to code that game recode yeah. that game ironically enough called heartbeat yep <laughs> which is now which is now arte uh arte piazza oh yeah which, Oh, well, see, I, I think, think I, I think what it was, um, the the coding side became genius sonority, I believe is how you pronounce it, and the art side turned into Arte Piazza, hmm. and they're they're their own separate companies. Manabu Yamana is still still involved with Genius Sonority, and he was and he was the coder. He he was like a Chunsoft coder, and I think that was the company he started or something like that. I may be getting that that mixed up. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You hear that internet? I, yes. I have no idea. <laughs> the internet will, will let us know if you're wrong <laughs> later. All right. So, Dwayne, you, mm-hmm. you do artwork, but, uh, and go ahead, tell, tell everybody what your job is. Because I, I just, saying you do artwork is minimizing oh. everything. Okay. I do, uh, I do illustration and graphic design. All right. So I, I know a lot of your stuff we, we've mentioned before where they can find you, but people don't know that you have your own Dragon Quest website. I do, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, your site, and we're talking about uh, DQ, uh, DQ Shrine, mm-hmm. was probably one of the first fan sites I've ever visited for Dragon Quest back in the day. It was, it was originally, it was... Uh, Dustin's Dragon Warrior mm-hmm. site is that or what? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin's Dragon Warrior Shrine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, Dustin's, and then uh, Dustin's still around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then you worked with him, or can you can you explain how you got involved mm-hmm. with uh, with putting together the shrine? So, uh, so the, uh, the funny thing of how of how all that all that started, I um, uh, I rediscovered um, Dragon Quest was six back in. Uh, back in 96, because I discovered Akira Toriyama that that way, and I realized, oh, hey, this is all the same artist. So back when the internet was new, uh, I would I would search for Dragon Quest. Dustin's was always the first page that uh, that came up. So I started buying Akira Toriyama art books here, here and there. And so uh, one of them had the Dragon Quest anime uh, character designs in there. Oh, this and is I the thought, a- Able? Mm-hmm. 
Nice. And which which now that that's uh, that's been fan subbed, um, uh, now that the entire run of that is over, I've been I've been watching it. I rewatched the dub, and that's actually a pretty solid dub. It's it's not and it that's not a bad little anime. Yeah, I do remember liking the voice acting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, do, and the they voices, all the voices fit really well with they the characters. Do. They do. It had it has uh has Gary Chalk as Barmos, which a lot of people know him as Optimus Primal. Uh, and there there are some clunky lines here here and there, but it's one it's one of those things. I think if I think if that had been a daily show, just like a Disney afternoon type of schedule. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of five thirty in the morning on Saturday, <laughs> I think it. <laughs> no, it was like, Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. Oh really? Oh wow. yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't even a Saturday cartoon. It would just you'd have to get up. And the only reason why I even know it existed back then was because I used to, you know, when I was a kid, I used to get up crazy early on the weekends, mm-hmm. and uh, and just like everyone was asleep, so I just run downstairs and watch TV. Mm-hmm. But yeah, five thirty on a Sunday, Dragon Warrior anime. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I had I had that, and um, I had randomly picked up an art book here in uh, he, at a store here here in Houston, and it was the Emblem of Roto Two art book, and uh, and I had no idea what this what this series was, and I looked at it. And it's a manga series, um, and I'm like, well, this is actually really interesting. I didn't know this this existed. Um, so I had, and I I found I found the soundtrack of the first Dragon Quest anime. And I'm like, well, I've got I've got a nice little chunk of info here. I can make a little site because I really enjoyed this enjoyed this this anime. There's not really much out there about it, and so I put that out there. And then I got a hold of Dustin, and Dustin's like, "You want work? Uh, want work on stuff? Do you want to combine stuff?" And I was like, "Sure." So, so as Dustin kind of drifted off drifted off to other projects, I've kind of kept with. I kept with the site not as much as I I want to because in in order to do what I want to do with it it's it's I'm going to need so much more but but one of the things uh Mimas she coded me an excellent menu and I really I really want to finish the site because she did such a wonderful job on this I really really do want to use it. <laughs> uh Mimas uh coded the DQ Shrine site well, for the um, the prototype site that I was working on for the new design, oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, there was a menu idea that I had because I because I wanted to organize all of these games because I'm a very my uh, design background is print. So what I don't like about a lot of modern websites, especially Amazon, you go to Amazon and it just bombards you with text. I want I want something that if somebody's looking for a game. They can go and they can find it in less than three clicks. If it's like if it's like a Japanese game, just like just like Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Eleven, boom, you're there. Um, so, but she, uh, I had I had arranged it in a certain way, and I sent her, I sent her this the idea of it because I'm not I'm completely right brained, and I was like, could you do you mind coding something like this? And she said, sure. And she made it, and it turned out perfect. I love, I love this menu so much, <laughs> and I want to finish the site so I can use it. Nice. Well, it's good to have long-term goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mimas was um, 
She was on the original Slime Time podcast mm-hmm. with you, right? Uh huh. With uh, with uh, Saigon. Saigon. Yeah. Destructor. Oh yeah, it's Destructor five two six. Who is uh? You have who's to say it? That. Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. He uh, he's he's part of our. Uh, uh, he hasn't come for a while, but he's he's part of our Dragon Quest Nine meetup. Awesome. He's the one that was doing the uh, Joker updates. On yes. The slime yeah. With the with the with the stats, your favorite part. That. <laughs> That went so far <laughs> over my head. I was like, what? Platy's like, oh, man, there's too many stats on this. I'm driving down the road trying to make sense of a 10-year-old game and the stats behind it. I'm like, I'm lost. I'm lost. <laughs> uh, just, just one of the things about Japanese Dragon Quest sites is, is you know, I always want to make something that's, that's uh, visual appealing and engaging to everybody, no matter what type of fan you are. But then, like Japanese sites, it's all numbers and stats. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> I, I, I have looked up lists. I remember back in Caravan Heart days, just mm-hmm. writing lists and lists and lists of stuff. And I mean, ever since the few times now, Google can translate it. And I, when I was going through Terry's Wonderland and Joker 3 last year, trying to find breeding combinations and trying to match what the translators had picked based on what Google was translating the many sites but you're right i just found pages upon pages of lists of stats on everything yeah i mean even before dragon quest 9 came out um the fans or maybe even some of the developers um had come up with this list of like to really just like reverse engineer the rng so by the time it came out for us you know yab's dq9 tools were already (laughs) already completely usable to like Basically, like do you know? Check to see what items were in blue chests, and you know, rig the alchemicals and all that kind of stuff. Which there was, there was the 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 great debate whether that was cheating or not. Oh yeah, um, I mean, if you're a hundred percent completionist, it probably is because you're not naturally doing it within the game. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get that one percent drop, what else are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got you got to farm like ninety nine agate of evolution, which is just that's rid- yeah, ridiculous that's and insanity, right? <laughs> but but um, even though even though the site is in is in a dormant state, if it if it has to end, I'm glad I'm glad it's I'm glad it's kind of frozen at the at the plus alpha interview because that is still that's one of my top five favorite portfolio pieces uh, of all time. Those two are so much fun to talk to, um, and I thought that um, because I kind of I kind of collected a little bit here and there of of all the of all the the questions that fans have had for them over the years, and they were they were really engaging. They gave a lot of great great info, and I think I think that that's. That that's a great a great read if you're a Dragon Quest fan, if you're just a fan of JRPGs in general or translation, I think it's worth it's worth it's worth your time. Nice. I, I do like the layout. I that was a I remember reading that a couple of years back when you did it. Oh, and... uh, a fun little bit uh, of the layout. I've got I've got a script dump of of Dragon Quest Eight. And um, and they left some of the development notes in it, and and so when I sent when I sent Will um, 
uh, a draft of it to read, I put I put uh, some of the development notes as like a piece of paper in the background. And he was like, where did you get that? And I said, oh, <laughs> it's in the it's in the it's in the retail copy. It's part of the script. Dump. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. He's like, oh, OK, well, do you mind? Do you mind taking that out? Because I don't want Square Enix to think that like we gave you proprietary information. I was like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Happy to do that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, the shrine was also the house of some of uh, some of the rare um, art official artwork that you just couldn't find anywhere else, mm-hmm. um, including uh, a couple of gems that I remember, like the uh, Dragon Dragon uh, Dragon Quest Four Claymation. Oh yeah, um, which I still I only have a low res version. Um, you said you you had a rescan of it, but I. I uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I need to get yeah. that from you at some point, but uh, yes, it's like a lot of the rescans are there. They're just named. They're just named uh, differently. I'll give I'll give you the different names. In fact, in fact, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of a lot of emails. And I'll just tell them like just rename it to this. It's fine. <laughs> just like it's all it's all there. Yeah, but uh, a lot of that stuff um, I tracked down. I tracked down the art books uh, way back when there when the Dragon Quest Monsters art book was new. There was only like one site, I think it was animebooks.com that carried it. And so and so ordered it from there. And it's funny, it's funny to see how many places those that that artwork has, has popped up over the years. <laughs> but uh but uh guidebooks, a lot of those uh uh Dustin and I uh, uh tracked down. Some of uh the the newer ones are really really awesome fan sent those to me and I'm mega grateful for that. Um, yeah, so, so just basically everything, everything you see on that site was tracked down and scanned by actual, actual fans. So. Excellent. So and a lot of oh, this stuff ahead. is out of print now. So, and I think, I think it's important to preserve these, these like little bits of history, um, or else they're just, they're just lost. I know when, uh, I've, I've made different things for contests that I've run on the Dragon's Den throughout the years. I was doing, like, I never get around to it, but, like, storybooks for my kids um, where I had rewritten some. We had a contest a couple of years about that. Um, I will say a lot of times I go searching for artwork, even, I think, for some of my uh, Mary Thwack Puff Puff posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Just searching up names and everything, it'll lead me invariably back to you. <laughs> there's uh there's a john mayer song called called uh called uh back to you actually the first john mayer song i ever heard and and i always uh, i always think of that that song because when when i was searching for resources and things like that i would just like i would encounter the same problem like i can't be the best resource on this no <laughs> no there has to be better stuff oh so, uh, speaking of being a resource to uh, mm-hmm. people in the Dragon Quest realm, you were involved with the fan translation oh. of the PlayStation Two version mm-hmm. of Dragon Quest Five. How'd that come about? Um, Tom uh, Tom wrote me one day, who was uh, who was the coder on that on that project. He's like, "Hey, would you mind would you mind taking a look at the script?" And I said, "Sure." So so I was. I looked at it, proofread it. I still, I still have the original page um, bookmarked in Firefox. So, uh, and I was, and I said, "Hey, 
do you mind do you mind if I kind of punch up these lines a little bit just so the sailors sound like sailors and the kids sound like kids and things like that? And they're like, sure. So so I started I started working on that and it kind of turned into kind of turned into a thing. But that was the first localization that I've ever done. I've known I know Dragon Quest Five inside and out now. <laughs> I know I know more about more about that script than I ever thought I would ever <laughs> I would ever. But uh, funny thing is, the last episode you mentioned uh, the translators mentioned how the script was organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the script was organized. Just the main, the main game script that we all know and love uh, is at the top, and af- and which is I think was two kind of blocks, like kind of format blocks of text. I don't know the official name, but everything else in this in giant this giant list was all of the party chat, <laughs> and and so going back and trying to figure out, okay. Okay, this line, this line goes here. They say this line after this instance over here in this town. Uh, and Tom, uh, Tom actually um, figured out how t- um, uh, how to how to link it to the line that it was referenced. Mm-hmm. And and uh, another project that he was doing, he has it arranged that uh, that way, and that made it an absolute dream uh, dream to work on. Nice. So you were just involved with uh, the actual translation part. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was another uh, translator, uh, Jerb, who uh, who I believe he worked on. He worked on Slime uh, Slime uh, Mori Mori Three. He also uh, uh, he also worked on Five, and he had he had the kind of the direct. I don't I don't want to say direct because that has a negative connotation. He had. Uh, he did. He did the first run, and I mm-hmm. did. I did kind of the more the localization and characterization and things like that. So got it. Cool. And five, you don't speak uh, Japanese, do you? Not much. Uh, <laughs> I can read. I can read better than I can speak it, but okay. I can read. I can read some. Um, I don't. I don't know much uh, kanji. I have a good. Have a good. I think first or first or second grade understanding of Japanese at best. So. Okay. <laughs> so you're the only one here that has been on the original and you i think you were even on the reboot of the slime time right mm-hmm. i hope yeah. i hope i sound way better on the mic now than i did back then wow <laughs> I, I hope we all sound way better i mean that was a long time ago they had what they had and that's fine um uh we, we hope to get some of them back on we, we've contacted everybody that was involved in the past and got their Absolutely. blessing. I miss them. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to get them on. We, we've kind of, we've got our list of who we wanted to hit up first. And then uh, we, we want to just have lots of people on as we move forward and do a monthly or twice monthly as we go on. We have no set schedule. So, but yeah, we'll hopefully hear from a lot of them in the future and hopefully everybody's upgraded their, uh, audio quality by now <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny to just listen to the old stuff and they're like uh oh dragon quest 10 just came out in japan i can't wait for it to come out in the u.s <laughs> yeah like, oh, so sure. here we are like 10 years later still, <laughs> still, waiting. Just still waiting for that one well i mean i mean it it stinks but i can i can see why they they haven't released it here that would be a giant localization effort and an on yeah. localization effort too. Uh, I mean, ongoing. as much as I love Dragon Quest, if I was the boss, I was like, no, nah, we don't have enough money for that. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, they're not going to see the returns. Mm-mm. They might well, turn it, but you know what kind of profit? It's not going to be whatever you're going to get. We need more Smash fans. Yes, more <laughs> Smash, more more angry, more mad hoes. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> hoes <laughs> mad. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, and it's hoes, H O S, not H O E S. I don't, I don't like it when people don't do right by their hoes. It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck on that on that argument because <laughs> all the memes are H O E S, which I guess is what is that a garden like the garden tool? Yes, they they are they are very they are two distinct different things. <laughs> well, well, you they know, can this... be mad too. This is a perfect segue into the uh, end of the interview portion here, because we love to play a little game called Mary Thwack Puff Puff. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, not knowing these ladies personally, I don't believe any of them are a hoe. They didn't. uh, I know one throws herself a little bit at people in the game, but we've got (laughs) three ladies for you to uh, play Mary Thwack Puff Puff with. Oh, and we. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, since you haven't played many of the new games, we went retro style for you. All we right. uh, went back to the original trilogy, and we here, here's your three choices. Okay. You've got uh, Princess Gwaylin. All right. From Dragon Warrior 1. You got the Princess of Moonbrook. All right. From... Oh, hold on. Human or dog form? Human. I, oh. I think I asked that in the first episode. <laughs> we probably we should have clarified that again. Yes, we should have again. Again, yes, I think we did that the first one. So human Moonbrook, yes, human Moonbrook, and uh, Erdrick's mom. Okay. All right. <laughs> he didn't even bat a. Bat a <laughs> he didn't even bat an eye at that. He's like, okay, let's do this. Okay. You're 16. You know, they had kids back then. She's younger than we are now. I mean, Mary. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Erdrick's mom All because right. she's got a nice house. Uh, easily, just like it, just like if you're tired, worn out, easily accessible, free. Uh, mm. You got an old guy in the side bedroom, but he never bothers you. Um, <laughs> that's and and I mean, she's all she's always Erdrick's welcoming. She doesn't mind if your friends come over. I mean, Erdrick's mom, Mary. Easy. Yeah. Black, uh, Gwalen, just because she's really, really clingy and just like, I love you. You don't even know me. <laughs> so, but, uh, Puff Puff, I gotta go with Moonbrook, but in dog form because if it's a golden r- retriever dog, you just gotta stick your face in that tummy and just go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of my friends, she just got a golden, uh, a golden retriever puppy, and I'm waiting, and oh. I'm waiting for that opportunity. <laughs> she needs to hit legal size limit for you to. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to be bigger than your face. Have a belly bigger than your face. I think that's one of the pup puffs they haven't really explored in any of the games yet. <laughs> and I hope they never do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play eleven though. I think you really like it. They do a lot of creative stuff with the pup puff that is both. I want to like throwback, but also like breaching new territory. And it's, I want to, yeah, I, I almost played it. Stuff. I almost played it two days ago, but then I was like, you know what? I really need to pick up all these books from the floor in my room. And that <laughs> took a while. So, and I had to go back to work after that. So, Dragon Quest time taken by cleaning. We are pretty much, 
that's that's really for most days that's that's what happens all right so having you on here tonight um we thought we'd give a little talk about dragon quest 2 and being being dragon quest 2 we don't need to talk for very long on it but uh which is the one everyone hates but it's the one that i really like so (laughs) you like two better than four actually yeah wow 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 the bold statement i will i can't say that but i will say all of the arguments that i ever hear for two i never had those problems or arguments against two i never had those problems so it was a perfectly good game Mm -hmm. for the time it was and when i played it again recently on mobile i was like okay that that's what it was that was fine what what problems didn't didn't you have that like Kanek dying over and over again. Or... I have no recollection of him being a casket that I dragged around. Well, because he was—he would have been a ghost in the NES version. They didn't have <laughs> caskets. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I never had a problem with him. Um, the cave to Roan, no big deal. Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, that I mean, was... that's because you had the map. So I, at some point, lost my Dragon Warrior 2 map. Oh, you know, well, because I was because I was eleven and like you know didn't hold on to my stuff very well, but uh, um, yeah. So then I got I just got lost and I never finished the original one, and not until um, uh, not until I years years later uh, picked it up again. But like my original NES card, I never I didn't beat it until I uh, played it on the Retron Five. Oh wow! Oh nice. Well, just for a little details, for those of you who haven't played Dragon Quest II, or it's been quite a while, um, it's now officially t- called Dragon Quest II Luminaries of the Legendary Line. Yeah, <laughs> it actually uh, just came out last week for the Switch. Yes. If you would like to uh, buy it for the Switch, um, you Please can get yourself... It. You can get yourself that issue. I haven't bought it yet, but I wrote something for RP Gamer today. And after rereading what I wrote, I'm like, oh, crap. Now I need to buy this if this is what I'm saying about the series. But um, we'll get into that another time. But basically, in uh, Dragon Quest II, you're, what is it, like 100 years after the events of Dragon Quest I, you're playing as three cousins that are... um, all princes and princesses of various countries that uh, your forefathers, the uh, hero from Dragon Quest One, went. It's like, and, the, it's uh, like all the Trump kids around. going out and saving the world. <laughs> what, what will Just happen like that. <laughs> in, in twenty one hundred? You know when uh, <laughs> the descendants of Trump are ruling England, the United States, and uh, Australia? Maybe. Uh, oh man, mm. that's but, a scary thought. <laughs> it, you are uh, you're out to save the world there's an evil the evil wizard hargon is uh doing what evil wizards do you know try and take over the world and this was the game that in, started parties of uh wanderers in the dragon quest series because in one you were just a solo person but uh you played as the prince of Minhal, and you went and collected along your way your cousins another prince, another princess, and you scoured the whole world until you showed up there after the Cave of Rhone, where you uh, made your way through kind of a little boss rush and mm-hmm. got to Hargon, only to find out, guess what? Zing! 
he wasn't really the guy behind everything. Nope. Good Spoiler old Shido alert. Or Malroth. Yep. Yeah, that was that was the first major uh, like final boss plot twist that would become like a staple in the series. Oh, it's a staple in many series. I was just listening to a Final Fantasy IX one the other day, and uh, that came up on the den. Like Final Fantasy IX had a zing. Guess what? I wasn't the final boss. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wondering if if that was if that was maybe a localization kind of edit that they made because. Because Hargon was was an evil priest, a cult leader, and all that. Uh, so I think he was he was trying to he was trying to end the world. And I wasn't sure because I haven't the the final end text is not is not real fresh in my mind right now. But I think he was trying to summon Malroth at one point, or like that that was part of his plan. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Yangus over on the den mentioned to me that it's and. God knows what I remember from the Nest days too. So, but he said it is it is brought up in like the Game Boy Color and the mobile ones. I mean, it's not out there a lot, but it is mentioned. Like, oh, you know, Hargon, he's a uh, he's trying to get the uh, summon the Demon Lord or something like that. So, mm-hmm. it's not completely out of the blue yeah. there. And uh, Dragon Quest Two uh, set the stage for the biggest game release of July. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders too. Yep, was. which is which is sad that 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 I haven't played it yet because like it's based off of two, which is that's my game. So it, it is quite cute because right at the beginning of the game, you get a partner, which you never really had in the first game except for occasionally. But you get a partner who sticks with you the whole game, and mm-hmm. it's Malroth. Yep, human form Malroth. Like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you landed on this island too. Let's be friends. I'll keep banging stuff because i like to uh destroy stuff and that's kind of a running gag throughout the whole game every now and then he gets uh, all excited and he wants to build something just like the builder does and he goes over to the crafting table and tries to build something and it always blows up in his face oh that's cute <laughs> oh, that. like, he's trying to make like a wooden club and it explodes like right. <laughs> and it's funny because i've seen people who have no experience with the uh Dragon Quest series, Liam and I are both uh, always drooling over some of the designs on the uh, Dragon Quest Builders Facebook group. Oh, and, yeah, they're uh, amazing. Oh, nice. I, I didn't know that that existed. I'll have to check that out. Oh, my gosh. The stuff yeah. that they have designed there. Liam and I are very content with our rectangular mud. <laughs> yeah, mud castles. castles. Yeah. <laughs> and there are people like recreating entire towns in Dragon yeah, Quest. Yeah, the, there's... Down to the smallest detail. Yeah, it's like insane. somebody made, uh, I think his name is Ben XC, uh, made the entire um, Link to the Past map. Oh, oh yes. wow. That's impressive. And like with uh, down to every, every single detail. Um, and somebody else made um, uh, no, like the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. Probably in homage to uh, to like the fire that was um, uh, that they had there over the summer, but like some the the designs are absolutely I don't know where they get their ideas or uh, or fine. what, but we got we got some <laughs> real we got some real amazing artists. I've been uh, I've been seeing Dragon the fan Quest art builders. shares shares on the official Dragon Quest, and those have been pretty awesome. But 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 I will check these out for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's great that they do the fan art Friday. 
um, uh, stuff for builders. Um, there's a lot more to see on that Facebook group as well. Um, so we, we, whenever we mention that, we, uh, we always caveat like our designs are bad, but go here to see good ones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it seems to, to me, really though, be resonant. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, go ahead. Finish up, Green. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's uh, builders too. Seems to really be resonating with people. It's getting, it's getting a lot of non Dragon Quest fans, and that's getting that's getting them into the series more. Uh, but it's just like if nothing else, it's like I figured I figured it would be nice to get to get builders too. But I didn't I didn't really imagine it it doing as well as as it is right now. So I'm I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I mean, it, between all the photos, people are always posting comments like, hey, where do I find this item? Where do I find that? It, the first week or two when it was out, watching the amount of people that were like, Malroth just wanted to name the island that you landed on his empire of evisceration. Is this guy <laughs> like evil or something? It's just how many times <laughs> I saw that come up like, do I get a bad feeling about this guy? <laughs> and like knowing that these people are 100% genuine because they've never played, you know, the original game or the mobile port or anything of it before. It's, it, you're just chuckling in the background. That's and awesome. the way it's handled in the, the way it's handled in the game is pretty good. It's uh, they do it good, but yeah, he's, he's right there with you the entire 60. So hours of the game and any post game that you choose to do. So yeah, it's it's neat that they're keeping up with that. Uh, after the first builders was a what if scenario. After one, the second one ties into two, and it'll be interesting if they ever come out with a third one. Yeah, it's what the heck like they I play think with three the would be really ambitious. I, it's hard to say what they could even add at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, two, especially the post game, is just here. You go, do whatever you want. You've got unlimited stuff to do and throughout the game you start unlocking unlimited supplies of some of the best building material and ingredients to make other stuff so whereas in the first game you were always out there getting every little piece and honestly i never had any motivation to do the extra game mode the free build and i and i know there was awesome stuff out there for the first one but i don't know maybe it's just more visual or maybe it's because the switch can share so much quicker and easier to social media and everywhere that it, it, this, this number two just seems way more as a game. It's much more polished. Any complaints from the first one they listened to, they took care of that. And yeah, it's hard to say what you could do to elevate number two to number three. Yeah. And Minecraft, they've never come out with a Minecraft two. They no. just, they, no, they notch notch made his money from that. And he's like, all right, guys, yeah. I'm going to go off and be weird on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that people just keep playing it. And I, I could see that with Builders too. Like, listen, there's really not much more we could do. I mean, obviously you could have a free story. And the story for two is pretty decent, if not a little long in the tooth. But uh, no, it's design-wise and building-wise, I can't imagine what you could add to it to make it anymore. Yeah, that's always that's always the mark of an excellent sequel is when, which is which is why I like, I like uh, Dragon Quest too. Is that is that it takes it takes the concept of uh, from the first one, builds on it, improves on everything else, and is still a very a very robust ex- experience that can be enjoyed by itself. You don't have to play the the first one or the third one to really enjoy it. So yeah, although I mean it does help. There are some tie-ins between 
one, two, and three, um, mm-hmm. particularly a left guard being in all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, what I liked uh, about Builders uh, and Builders 2 is that it sort of answers the question of what happened to Breconary. You know, oh, really? and, oh, and, and well, I mean, if you consider the fact that Breconary is um, in the original Dragon Warrior, it's um, I think it's east of Tantagel, mm-hmm. and then in Dragon Warrior Two, it's like on the west side, like adjacent side. to the castle, and then <laughs> and then in three. The castle is like a long footpath away from Breconary, like right, mm-hmm. right outside. So it's like it's the same town. It's just the town keeps changing positions <laughs> throughout the ages. And I just kind of imagine it's because like the monsters c- came in and destroyed it, and then they had to rebuild it <laughs> multiple times throughout the ages. You know, we're talking hundreds of years, or so, with the descendants of Erdrich, or you know, the descendant, and then the descendants. Mm-hmm. So, did you you guys both played Liam? You mentioned how you played it originally, and then you had to come back to it later. Dwayne, did you play it when it first came out? I did. Um, I, it came out. Um, I saw I saw it for rent in the grocery store before I ever saw it in stores. So, so I rented it and played it and beat it. And then, and then because I have family that lives out of town, when I was little, I could always open one just like one gift before we went out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was like a week or two weeks or something uh, stretch. Uh, and so my dad had gotten me dragon warrior two. And even though I had, I had already beaten it. Um, uh, I still, I still cracked it open, played it, loved it, loved it just as much. And actually, actually built up the save file even more. Uh, uh, didn't quite get, didn't quite max out. Uh, other levels, but I explored every single tile in that map and entered the NX Dragon Warrior 2 contest, all that stuff. So, What was that? That was, they um, they ran an ad um, that, that like, what you had to do, you had to type up an essay about, about, uh, about Dragon Warrior 2 and submit a photo of yourself uh, with a picture of the, the VN screened. Uh, which oh, which wow. was actually really nice. That was uh, that was something the U.S. versions had that um, the Japanese didn't, and they haven't. I don't think that they've been in in any of the remakes. But and so so you got you got a couple of a couple of like little bits of merchandise. I placed I placed second, so I got uh, a jailer's and Watergate key keychain, and the grand the grand prize was a pre-release copy of Dragon Warrior Three. Oh wow! And I don't. And I don't know. I don't know who who won that. And that person has never really popped up. So hmm. I'm trying to uh, look at release dates and try to remember which one it was. Um, either two or three. And looking at the dates, release dates, I'm gonna guess it was probably two. Um, I remember go getting it pretty quickly after it released, maybe within a month or so, and it was. I was in middle school. I, for some reason, I got to just take the day off, and my maybe I was sick because I remember sure driving around were. with my mom all day. <laughs> oh, geez, this was long before I'd be able to pull that off. But <laughs> I had to drive around with my mom all day. I had to pick my sister up from elementary school, um, which, again, looking at the dates, it, it had to be two. 
but going to Babbage's at the mall. Oh, Babbage's. Wow. Mm -hmm. And picking it up. But I remember like we, we were there in the morning, we're there around noon and I had it and I opened it up and I'm pouring over the map and pouring over thing like, Oh my gosh, look at this. Cause you used to get the maps and the little guides and all that stuff in the box. Mm -hmm. But we didn't get home till four or five hours later. (laughs) I I just, that, that is a very clear memory in my head, like getting that brand new dragon quest game and having to go pick my sister up at elementary school and then take her to like swim practice or gymnastics or whatever she was doing that year. And then, Oh my God, are we ever going to get home? Are we ever going to get to put this in the Nintendo and play it? So. And they had some, they had some fun box art. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. It was like non Toriyama, but it looks, it looked like just like traditional fantasy style. Mm-hmm. versions oh. uh i think even Kanek might have had a mustache or something it just looked <laughs> looked very different than anything you any toriyama art or anything you'd see after that yeah it signed it signed kiss k-i-s uh and i haven't i haven't been able to track down to track down the artist um and that's I, not I the same been... guy that sack chief interviewed is it no no uh I know that's what I was about to bring up. Uh, he found he found the artist for three and four. For three and four, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to track down who Rob forgot someone from NX <laughs> in order in order to get that name. Yeah, because I can't. I haven't been able to find anything. This is probably just a local dude. Well, the original um, Dragon Dragon Warrior Two also got its own unique intro with like mm-hmm. the characters slowly walking towards the screen from the darkness. Yeah, that was nice. I do recall that. So, um, so what have you guys played it on? Have you played it on Game Boy, mobile? Obviously, none of us have bought it for Switch yet. Well, if you play, if you played the mobile version, you pretty you've pretty much bought the Switch. You played pretty much played the Switch version. Yeah, it's the same thing. But no, I've played it. I've played it on all the platforms. I've played it. Uh, played it NES, of course. Uh, uh Game Boy Color. Uh, imported uh, one and two way back when and played it on that. Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Now, did you import the Super Famicom version or did you import the Wii Collect 20th, 25th anniversary collection? Uh, the Wii version, I actually did not did not import because <laughs> I didn't feel like modding my Wii in order to play it. And <laughs> I just I have the pixel perfect Super Famicom anyway. So, yeah. Definitely. So, Liam, what have you played it on? Um, yeah, pretty much the same, except for the Famicom versions. Um, I yeah, I played it in the the original NES. Um, I think the first time I beat it was actually on an emulator. Uh, replaying it um, in college, maybe. Um, so yeah, it was it was years after that I actually beat it for the first time, and then went back on the Retron Five probably about four years ago, and was like, I'm gonna you know. Pick this up. Pick this up where I left off. Now that I know what to do, because uh, yeah, when we were kids, you didn't have game facts. Mm-mm. You know, we you got lost. You lost your map. You were you were pretty much screwed. Good luck. You know? <laughs> Had to figure or, out something from the guy on the playground who usually lied to you anyway. Right. <laughs> you could call the Nintendo hotline, like like oh, a nine hundred yeah. number, and, and help you oh, out. Maybe whenever we talk about Dragon Quest Four, I did that. I actually call that 800 number for Dragon Quest 4. 
Nice calling, nice. Uh, calling into Redmond, Washington. <laughs> oh, but oh, but um, uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, emulation. Maybe this can be a topic for a future episode. But I remember when I met the Unix dudes way back when. Uh, a lot of a lot of people in that that early day, early the heyday of the internets, uh, they discovered Dragon Quest through uh, through emulation, because back when back when like Nesticle was out and you could mm-hmm. easily find uh, find NES ROMs, there were there were like so many people discovering uh, discovering these eight bit games, and there there was a lot of uh, traffic and new form form users that found that that found the sites i'm rambling i need to stop that no no, <laughs> that i found, get it i get it it found us through that and yeah. paul uh, uh paul hanneman the president of nx at the time he had said he had said that that was actually one of the things that allowed them to come back um was was people uh discovering it through that and having those uh, uh those early fan sites it showed them oh there is an audience for this we can open up a new branch and start putting out these games again yeah wow and so I, people I, say like emulation is evil and piracy is bad, and it is bad, but but it also has an upswing too. Yeah, and because uh, when I was in college and and I was researching Dragon Quest again because I'd heard Dragon Warrior Seven was going to come out, um, I was crazy excited to play. I was like, I have to play five and six, mm-hmm. and and I have to. Uh, you know, I, I loved one through four when I was a kid, and then I just fell off it for like seven or eight years mm-hmm. um and i had that you know i needed that nostalgic fix when i was in college and um and and here i like i go to the forums and find out that people had fan translated i'd never heard of a fan translation for a game before and yet people had done that with five and six so that helped to rejuvenate my fan my fandom basically uh, after I had gone dormant. So yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying uh, with regards to, you know, that saving um, NX of America at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's how I got back into it. Uh, honestly, it was final fantasy six that someone recommended and I had not played anything uh, like RPG wise. I think I had one RPG for my super Nintendo and that was uh, seventh saga, which was, done by enix back in the day it's an and, evil game oh i loved it i beat it <laughs> multiple times with multiple parties but it was the only rpg i brought to college and it was the only rpg i had with me for like three years and i was in college doing plenty of other stuff um got away from rpgs but someone really was hyping emulators and mentioned final fantasy 6 and getting that on an emulator and playing that and then noticing like well, things are out there is like holy crap those other dragon quest games <laughs> <laughs> yeah final fan that getting that recommended and playing through it and being like oh man yeah a few years ago i used to really love turn-based games like wonder whatever happened to that series that got me interested in it mm-hmm. well there it was yeah that's how that's how i played all final fantasy one through six as well um it, starting out on the on emulators <laughs> Um, and just saying, like, you know, I, I played all the Dragon Quests and then had to go uh, straight into Final Fantasy. And uh, um, and when I bought, I bought the PS1 for, specifically for Dragon Warrior 7, mm-hmm. but it hadn't come out 
yet. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of the old PlayStation games from like, you know, 1997. You had Metal Gear and, uh, and Final Fantasy VII, and like all these, uh, the Chronicles and, and the Chrono Trigger with the atrocious load time, and uh, oh yeah, and, and and just play. And I had time because I guess I was unemployed. I was just out of college, and uh, <laughs> instead of applying to jobs, here I am waiting for Dragon Warrior Seven to come out, so I had time to play it. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that kind of started a trend for me of buying systems based on whether or not there's a Dragon Quest game for it. I mean, that's, so, I mean, that's pretty much why, why Square Enix puts out the games for, uh, for the consoles that they put, put out. They put, them, uh, they put them out on the consoles that they know had the most users. So, which, is, which is why, at the time, it was shocking that 9 came out for the DS. And I was like, well, the DS is the current most popular system in Japan. So... Hmm. Yeah, but it was like, a, yeah, graphically like, it was a step down from eight. Oh yeah, um, was, so it was surprising at the time that it would come out for DS. Yeah. All right, well, back to Dragon Quest Two. I mean, okay. I mentioned uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're we're almost done here talking about it, and it's led to plenty of other good discussion. But uh, I mean, I mentioned personally, Canic never really died with me. Maybe I was just that awesome dude playing it back in the day and or maybe i have no recollections i've blocked that out you're Just really good ghost. at canicking i'm good at canicking <laughs> <laughs> and like i said the cave to Rhone, i i always had my map i had my map it, like dragon quest one through four provided no real getting lost except for one time in a future episode i'll talk about on four but <laughs> all those maps had every city every cave everything numbered and they were numbered in the way that you should do them so it was like almost a walkthrough. I mean, yeah, you still had to figure out things and sometimes you had to go back to places, but between those and the maps for the castles and the dungeons and the towers and the caves, it, I, I never really found it that bad. I mean, when I got through the bush, the bo boss rush at the end, when you had all those different ones, you had to uh, fight going up the stairs. Uh, that was a bit rough <laughs> getting through that, but you know, I, did what you did back in the 1990s on NES RPGs. You just grinded for a week or so. And Pretty much. Raised up four, five, six levels, and you went and did it again, and typically won, because um, you could just power through that kind of stuff. So w what do you guys think about those kind of mechanics in Dragon Quest Two? Canic and Roan and all the rest? I mean, it was a difficulty spike, that's for sure, and probably one of the hardest of all Dragon Quest games to date. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, I think there was uh, uh, there was an an interview with Yuji Horii. It's an old it's an old interview in Jump, I want to say, where where the initial build of two it was way harder than what <laughs> than the actual retail version was, where it just it just drove the development team insane, and they actually they actually made it easier. <laughs> so if you have if you have problems with this version, just think it could have been a whole lot worse. It could have been, it could have been like, it could have been on like an AVGN episode of unreasonable hardness. Nice. That bad. Is this the one? That... <laughs> <laughs> Is this oh, the one that Yuji Hori said that you know they just ran out of time at the end and didn't play test the end to see if it was balanced or anything? I think so. Yeah, that would I... make sense. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just like it's just like with any with any RPG, it's resource management. Um, and with uh, with Canok, people say that Canok dies all the time. If you know if you know uh, the type of monsters to have Canok attack, because if you think you think of uh, the way your party is set up, you have if you think about it in in Dragon Quest three terms, you've got a soldier and you've got a priest and you've got a wizard. That's a more or less a balanced balanced yeah. supporting characters. Um, and if you know if you know which uh, which spells to cast? You're really not going to have that much of a problem with Canok. And just like people, I don't know. Just people can be unprepared for certain uh, uh, for certain areas because because Drag Quest Two also doesn't have an overworld map, so you had to go and explore all of these different these different places. It was really easy to get lost uh, in the middle in the middle of the ocean. But like anything, you step out onto some some land, you encounter some some monsters. You're like, hmm. These guys are tough. I'm gonna cast return and go back, uh-huh. but just may just maybe explore a different area. But the cave to Roan, um, just like any Dragon Quest uh, dungeon, if you don't think you're gonna make it two more floors, exit <laughs> out, heal up, uh, and try it again. Uh, maybe get some better weapons and armor. I I I thought that the cave to Barmos's castle in three was 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 way longer and much more dangerous, especially when you have all those stone statues that you fight at the beginning. Interesting. So, you guys remember dying a lot on that boss rush at the end? Because I think the original, you couldn't go back and save. No, you, you could. You okay. could, but you wouldn't... You, you, I mean, you couldn't say... If you restarted your game, they would be alive again. But what you could do is beat all three mini-bosses... Then go back, heal yourself up at the shrine. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a long it's a long trek because that that whole path from the whole path and road from the shrine to Hargon's castle or yeah Hargon's castle mm-hmm. is like it's just ripe with all these um, uh, monsters with the unblockable death spells and you you could just get a part an entire party wipe while you're going to or from, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can go all the way through, beat all three monsters, then trek all the way back to heal yourself so that your your MP is is uh, a lot better for the final two fights. Yeah, it it's makes... just if you if you restart your game, then the monsters will be back. Yeah, uh, Atlas is the is the first in that that boss run, right? Uh, I think he might be the third. Oh, third. Okay, never mind. He's I in the mix. Pazuzu was the yeah, second. Yeah, Pazuzu's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was uh, that was the one that was always uh, the problem because he would because he would cast the instant death spells. Yeah, yeah, and just like, well, I'm gonna go back and go through the castle again. But advantage of that is even even if you have to exit out and come back, you still get experience and gold to so you can so it's still you're still building your characters, so it's easier the next time. True. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I've being part of RP Gamer and being on a lot of podcasts now, um, and hearing people think talk back about games they played in the past, and hearing how like, oh, well, man, this game you just got the game over, and this game they got this, and it didn't build up. I was always like, oh, you know, I always was like, well, damn it, there goes half my gold. Let's keep going. So I mean, I never lost experience. I never experienced the game overs. 
events, it was always you pop back up and, you know, oh, well, you lost half your gold, but <laughs> at least <laughs> you're, you're two levels higher. Just like if you're just like if you're smart, you can generally avoid um, a complete a complete wipeout. Yeah. Uh, if you know, if you know, it's like, uh oh, this is and and like uh, I usually don't don't run from <laughs> from battles because I think I think if I won, if I won, if I ran, um, it's just going to. Um, it's just going to like hurt me more in the future and that's i can phrase that better but yeah if it just like i won't i won't be i won't ever be strong enough if i just keep running right Sorry. yeah I, I love too that whole concept of like the monsters stealing half your only half your gold mm -hmm. <laughs> like realistically they probably would have just taken all of it or it's not. a sport <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a penalty um and then there's uh i think it's in the torneco games they actually show you if you get wiped. They show you the mo the monsters dragging Torneco's body like out, oh, yeah. <laughs> out of the cave and tossing him out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we both played that. Uh, it wasn't the Game Boy one. It was the uh, Super Nintendo one, didn't you? Yeah, Super Nintendo one and the PlayStation one. I love the claymation animation in the PlayStation one. Oh yes, I still have that. That's one of the. It's one of the games in my drawer. I have that one. <laughs> And ooh, that's an interesting cover. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of interesting covers and early days of 3D. Yes. Yeah. Getting that uh that, that trans transitions us away from Dragon Quest II. And uh with Dwayne here, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about artwork. You know, we we've got the, our artist. Uh let's talk about artwork in Dragon Quest. So uh Liam, if you wanna kick this off or ask Dwayne any questions or just um well so what have you been working on lately because i i know like back in the back in the day i guess probably like four or five years ago um i used to sign on and i could i could watch you actually create your artwork and you'd be playing music and everything do you still um do you still do that in your spare time or i wish i wish i could stream more um uh, it's, it's one of those things I just, I just don't have, I just don't have time, uh, time because now, because now I take, I take my breaks in the morning and I take it away from my house. So, but it's, but see, it's funny cause it's so, it's so restrictive now because if I, if I stream on YouTube, I can't, I can't play music. And if I stream on right. Twitch, I can't, I can't play music either. So it's just basically me saying really stupid things to nobody. Is that a, no fun? Is that, that you can't uh, play music for what copyright reasons? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So uh, and, what what was uh, the platform you used to Spotify or something? Okay. What was the platform you used to use? Because I you take requests and I'd be like, play some Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I used to stream. Oh, it changed its name a bunch of times. Um, not not. Not Justin because it turned into Twitch, not not live stream or UStream. Live stream maybe, live stream. But they the account is the account is long is like long long dead though. I haven't streamed in years. I want to though. <laughs> I remember I used to have the app and I would get like notifications. Like it would pop up on my phone like Dwayne is streaming now. My uh, one of the favorite things that that I used to do. Um, for, I just, 
uh, just just like as a joke, I would put I would put sexy in the title of all of my just like all my streams, just like sexy Saturday. And and people would come in and just see me painting trees and they would leave immediately. <laughs> and stop being funny. Uh, and, but I got I got a lot of followers from that and they were and they were following me and just a whole bunch of porn channels. <laughs> and they were, they were all they were all from like the Middle East. It, it was the weird. It was the weirdest thing. It's like maybe I'm big in Pakistan. I don't know, but it's just like. <laughs> but but so so for like a solid week, I would see I would see just like just like how many just like how many uh uh people I would get to come into the stream just by putting sexy in the title, and then just watching them leave. <laughs> So how how did you first discover uh, Toriyama? So so it was funny. I enjoyed I enjoyed the Dragon Quest series uh, as as Dragon Warrior, which had very radically different uh, different artwork. So when I was a senior in in high school, there was sort of, like that was about like ninety five ninety six is when Akira Toriyama really hit America. Uh, there were certain people who knew about. Uh, about Dragon Ball, actually, the first thirteen episodes of a Dragon Ball dub uh, had started airing in syndication, but it wasn't. It didn't look like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so, so there's this big flood of of Toriyama stuff. So, so Dragon Ball was kind of finally catching on in America, and then, and then, uh, and then I noticed, uh, I, I noticed uh, Dragon Quest six. So, so when I would see Dragon Quest Five in publications and stuff, it would always be the same, the same screenshot. So I never saw any artwork from that. So th- because because uh, Dragon Quest Six had such an upkick in graphics, they started they started including the artwork with it. And I was like, oh hey, this is the same. This is the same guy. I didn't I didn't know that this was the same artist that I enjoyed. And then Chrono Trigger came out. And that's and that was I was like, whoa, it's actually one of my holy grails. I have I have Chrono Trigger assets, which uh, it's not it's not a complete set, but 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 most of what's in it are the are the little scenes. And it's not it's not a web, uh, a web image. It's the full 300 DPI 11 by 17 camp board. And just like I can I can zoom in to to. 100% 100% and I can see where the ink went out of the lines just a little bit. I'm just like, "Oh, yes." <laughs> I I will never I will never use it for profit or like anything. I'm just going to I'm just going to use it to just admire it and drool over it and tell myself, "Okay, he makes mistakes too. It's okay." <laughs> so, That's cool. so uh, so I became a fan that way, and that's and that's an interesting little that's an interesting little chunk of time uh, in his in his career, because after after he quit Dragon Ball, he did a very different style change. So if you look at the if you look because he just didn't want to draw anything like Dragon Ball anymore. So if you look at the character designs from six to seven, they're very very different. It's also when he started using Photoshop too. Well, he's been a uh quoted uh, and i say recently here but uh probably in the past couple years as i think he was laughing about it when he said it but he was like if i knew that the series was going to go on for 30 years i never would have signed on (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's weird it's it's weird because he has such 
he has such an amazing just body of work and he has he doesn't have any social media or anything or an agent or anything so so you just find new toriyama artwork randomly it's like he did there's this mascot for this manga school in japan it's it's like a hippo and he drew this giant mural and people didn't even know about it just then it's like walked by it on the street and i was like oh hey that's new toriyama artwork that's well he's cool. one of those guys that he he likes his you know privacy and everything he, he's rarely interviewed um rarely even shows up the photos of him are all from like the 80s you know during the initial like production photos of uh like him and yuji hori and um uh koichi sugiyama like when he's a young man so uh, i'm not even sure what he even looks like today he's 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 64 now he there there is there is a recent photo of him, but it's not a flattering article. So, uh, uh, just basically, there was there was a real estate a real estate uh, scandal with a lot of manga artists that he was that he was involved in. I think he was very indirectly involved in. I just think like he told he told an investment guy just like handle that, and the investment guy did it. So and the, and someone someone actually actually caught him on the street jogging. So that's uh. so it said it said like that's the that's as far as I know the most recent photo of Akira Toriyama. He also <laughs> did the character designs for the for the real estate scam. Yeah, <laughs> Paradise <laughs> Papers, <laughs> which is which is sad. It's like and I think I think I don't think anything has really come of that. So he may have he may have been cleared in it just the way the media works you hear you hear about a scandal or a lawsuit or something like that and it can be resolved and they never report on it so or hardly ever report on it hmm. but uh, i think i think he came he came to america once uh when jump started so that was that was i think his first and only american appearance <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at this photo. <laughs> I found, oh, I found, found the photo yeah. him in his tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> looking really unhappy that yeah. someone's taking his photo because it's probably the first time in like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, how did you recognize me? And, <laughs> and please don't fuck me. Yeah. My lawyer's out handling this. Please don't write an article of them and post this yeah. photo. <laughs> He's as uh I'm happy and as you could imagine someone being I think I think there is a much a much happier photo of him of him with the Blue Dragon team. I think he visit he visited the studio one time. That that was a game that when my wife and I first moved in um we got engaged and we moved in together for 3 years my wife's brother lived with us. Um, we had a town home and he lived upstairs. We had downstairs and he was never there. He works for Disney and works like 80 hours a week, whatever. So Ooh, he, he was bar- barely ever there and sleeping over his girlfriend's house. Cause they had a shift together the next day. And it was the first time in my life that I lived where someone had an Xbox. And I was like, Oh, I can finally <laughs> play blue dragon. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think I was living there like more than two weeks, three weeks. I had moved in over Christmas break and I was like, oh shit, I need to get Blue Dragon. 
That's from that's by chance. Yeah. yeah. It's like yes. Within a month, it had the uh, red. I learned about the uh, red. What is it? The red dot of not the dot. Yeah, the, the, the red the, ring of doom. The red ring of death. Oh, okay. It, it happened to him when he was playing a shooter, and he's like, "Oh yeah." And I think that's the day he went and bought a PS3. And I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that game has not has not been re released for anything else. So oh, yeah, so I played half of Blue Dragon. <laughs> was oh, that man. was that like Japan's attempt to get Japanese people to buy an Xbox? I think so. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. They tried really hard though. So I mean, a for effort. <laughs> there were apparently many sequels that came out on DS or whatever. I listened to a podcast one time on it, and they just kept going. I'm like. What I thought this was like a one-off game. Like there, there was a, a few more that I don't that increasingly did worse. Oh, that's a shame. I've got I've got some of I've got some of the assets from uh, from the DS games, but I don't think I don't think that's like Toriyama Toriyama artwork. So when is it when uh, when is it Toriyama and when isn't it? Um, you can you can tell you can tell us us. Uh, sometimes with with a lot of his styles, um, uh, his heads are are a little bit bigger, but it really what it comes down to, and this is super dorky, bordering line borderline obsessive, but um, the um, uh, his line weight uh, for his line art, um, it has it has more of a, uh, more of a wobble to it um, when his art directors and staff and staff uh do things uh their lines are much more smoother which which you can tell they're using um lazy nazumi or something like that to kind of smooth out those uh those strokes i've heard i've heard uh toriyama when he when he does stuff it's very it's very just a uh, bare bones um just like old style he'll just draw it straight and um so it has his stuff, uh, while the color is very smooth, the line art has tends to have like a, a little bit of a rougher to it, more of a natural weight to it. Gotcha. Um, so, what do you think of the constant comparison between uh, Dragon Quest and Dragon Ball? It's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because when the when the hero was announced for Smash, uh, everyone oh, yeah. was like, "Same face, same face." I was like, right. All right, it has to be really frustrating for an artist to have a snap to for a snapshot of your entire career, sixty four years, uh, just this snapshot of like five years tops when you were super overworked and have to put out so much. Just like that's 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 the snapshot, and that's been copied over, and that that becomes the face of the face of your work. Um, so, so when you see Dragon Ball and a lot of the Dragon Quest designs, they were done at the same time. So it's, and you can tell just like sometimes, sometimes he has a little bit of the same face is because you can tell he's trying to get as much of this out as he possibly can, because not only did he have manga pages to do, he had, he had like title pages and posters and other designs for things. But if you look at if you look at his work now, I'm going to say 
he had he had a style shift around 2004 when he started doing Dragon Quest Eight in the Kanzenban covers for for Dragon Ball. Um, the stuff the stuff that he does now, and what what's always fun about Akira Toriyama is that he's always been really good basic anatomy. Uh, his his uh, his uh, proportions while while cartoony, they're always they're always very well very well rendered and very un manga slash anime style. He's very he's very unique in that sense. Uh, but if you look at if you look at his uh, his modern stuff, his modern stuff I I don't think looks anything like his older Dragon Ball work. And even even the designs that he's doing for for like Dragon Ball Super, everyone is not super pumped up. Everyone's if you've noticed, everyone is pretty is pretty slender now. <laughs> it's like they're they're all they all have like a size zero. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why is the Dragon Quest illustrations book so important? Well, when you think about it, there really aren't a lot, a lot of Akira Toriyama art books. And there aren't, and there aren't any Akira Toriyama modern art books. Uh, we've got Toriyama the World, which I believe is still, is still in print. And there's, and there's the Dragon Ball 30th anniversary collection. But that basically stops at 96, 97 with a couple of bonus things here and there. Um, and like, like I said, Akira Toriyama, he doesn't have any sort of social media. He doesn't archive this in, in any way. So I think if you're a Dragon Quest fan, an RPG fan, or just, uh, just an Akira Toriyama fan, you owe it, you owe it to yourself to really pick up this book. And like Viz did an excellent job bringing this over. Um, but it, it has, because when people say, oh, like same face, everything looks like, looks like Dragon Ball. Very yeah. little in that book, I think. I think looks like looks like Dragon Ball, especially eight, especially the Dragon Quest Heroes uh, designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. It's good that a lot of this artwork is preserved and and people can see it, uh, because a lot of a lot of the designs in that book, this was the first time that they were approved for print, and some of them just only existed as V jump covers with that plastered with text. So I think I think if you're just like if you're a fan, you really you really owe it to yourself. And it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cheap book and you get to see a lot of really unique stuff. I bought it for my kids for Christmas nice. um, and they were two and five at the time. And we would go through maybe like two or three games a night for the week after Christmas and then I did it again in like February. I'm like, well, this week when we sit down to read tonight, we're going to look through it too. And to this day, they'll still go pick it up off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book, my book is in no way pristine condition anymore. But even like he's now three, my youngest son, he'll pick it up and just flip through it and look at the pictures. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an illustration book. There's very little text in it. And he'll tell me stuff. He's like, Daddy, this is from Dragon Quest Three. This is nice. from Dragon Quest Four, and it, it it's funny because I, I feel like it solidifies some stuff from him that he's never even seen me play these games, and they've seen me play eleven and a couple of the Heroes games, and that's about it. Maybe a little eight on the uh, 3DS from what they remember a few years back, but they know about all the monsters and everything from that art book. Hmm. That's awesome. He's gaining experience just from reading the art book. Yeah, and I done all the uh 
uh, I just put it up on Twitter this past weekend. I laid out all of the Perler bead creations I've done. Oh, I've sweet. Done, I need to check this out. Yeah, I did every everybody. I did the hero from one. I did the three from two. I haven't done Dragon Quest three yet just because I'm trying to decide how in-depth do I do. Do I do every class male and every class female? Yes. I, yes. Yes. Do I do 18 of them? Um, <laughs> and I did everybody from four, everybody from five. I think I've done all the males now for six. I did the hero this weekend because I kind of forgot where I left off. I've done all the males for six, seven and eight and nine. I'm kind of hoping that playing through Dragon Quest XI in full 2D mode, some of those people show up as sprites because okay. I'm not an artist. I need I need to be able to copy the sprite art. And what's awesome about 4, 5, and 6 is Perler bead boards are 29 pegs by 29 pegs, and nothing in the DS sprites is any higher than 31 pegs. So I can kind of Give me it a little bit. Yeah, like, oh, well, you know, this guy's hair. I, I think I took Dragon Quest six heroes hair down a little bit. Or in somebody's, I took like one line of um, pixels out of their leg. So they're one dot smaller. You don't really notice. Um, but yeah, all the DS ones. It's okay. That, are uh, great. that hero, j- I, I just happened to have killed 50 men. <laughs> so uh, all the. Uh, I'm hoping that seven, eight, nine. I already took a picture. Um, what's the bald angel in nine? Akila. Akila. Yeah. Akila. Yep. He, he shows up in uh, like one of the very first throwbacks that you go to in Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, He's like nice. there. You can talk to him for a minute. So I was like, definitely screenshot this. I'll be able to make mm-hmm. Akila for number nine. Um, but I you have to do all the all the classes and genders for nine. And oh, ten, geez. too. <laughs> and ten. <laughs> and ten. Well, all the classes for nine, it's like, but what do you do? Because, I mean, the hair could be whatever. I mean, I yep, kind of had to gotta deal do with every... Give a shout out to our new sponsor, Perler Beads. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You got to do every instance <laughs> of every hair, um, eye combination, color. And this all started I last in fall you. with uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> I put it out there on Twitter. Nobody answered. Finally, somebody on Reddit directed me to a page where it had all of the costume changes in 2D for Dragon Quest XI. Nice. And that's what made me start, because the kids were watching me play it. I named the hero after my older son. They they talk about it all the time. I'm like, well, would you guys want me to make perler beads out of that? And we didn't have many different colors at the time, but I was able to do the entire cast. And I definitely did the hero in his... Um, home country armor because i hate the effing hair of the dragon quest 11 hero i've said that a million times so <laughs> he is what not is it in... about his hair that triggers you so just that long he's got a long butt cut that's what it is it's a butt <laughs> cut like that got too hair. long you know <laughs> he's a skater boy from my middle school years yeah he's he's yes. rider strong in boy meets world <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, my kids love doing that, and they'll they when I would make the perler beads for like four, five, and six, which they've never seen me play. I've had no need to play them for the past decade or whatever. Um, they'll take that perler bead and they'll run over to the Dragon Quest art book and flip through it and be like, "Oh, this guy was in Dragon Quest Six. Awesome. So that they recognize some of them too from uh, 
the Dragon Quest Heroes games, but they they love that art book. Yeah, I really I really do. I have a lot of the beads, but I haven't done anything with them yet. I'm I'm looking forward to playing uh, with my son and with those beads, but um, at this point, he'd definitely be eating them. <laughs> or started, or they would be everywhere. <laughs> I started I started a really fun piece of uh, Dragon Quest Eleven fan art last year. Uh, uh, had it penciled. I I I'm almost done almost done inking it but i just got i just got busy with work and the other and the other side side project that i'm doing right now and it and it it pains me because i had this this like really nice art artwork i'm like maybe i'll I'll offer it as a print for the fans but it was just it's just one of those things i had had to fall by the wayside because of work and trying to get this book finished so sad (laughs) it happens it happens All right, so uh, Liam, you got anything else about uh, Oriyama here? That you no, into? no, not that else I you want to say about it. Uh, well, uh, uh, there is one thing. I I wonder how many more episodes of Dragon Warrior anime with Abel we would have gotten if Saban had only just credited Toriyama in the credits. <laughs> See, what I th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was it was one of those things. I think he did the initial. Um, designs because what's what, one of the things that kind of like i gravitate towards able more um was because like that it looks like dragon quest to me if that mm-hmm. if that makes sense like die doesn't really look like dragon quest to me right uh even though it's really really popular um and the and the other ones like they have art styles that are very very nice um i haven't read much of dragon quest monsters plus but but like that looks like Dragon Quest to me, um, right? And yeah. and one of the things that I I thought I thought was really nice with those initial character designs, is that Abel Tiala and and um, Moko, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I got choked up for a second. That they <laughs> uh, all three of them were Indian, uh, and so if you look at mm. if you look at the designs in Toriyama the World and also the big the big poster he did, which is which is interesting in the in the in the Dragon Quest collections art book, that they're all they're all new scans, and that that piece has faded. So it's kind of it's kind of neat. But but I wish I wish that they had kind of kept. I kind of wish that they had kept them Indian. It, it would have been an interesting. Yeah. You mean like na- Native American, or I guess I think it's I think I think it's like India Indian. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because, because uh, they have the dots on their foreheads, all three of them. I don't so, remember that. Mm-hmm. Moko's is 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 green. Um, Tiala's I think is 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 red. Abel's I don't quite remember. I'll have to I'll have to grab it off the shelf. Huh. This was in the anime. I don't remember that at all. This was I, in the original character designs. That oh, original. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Well, that's interesting because I I would have thought just based on the dress that it was more of a Native American style. Um, I think Abel even has like a uh, just the the like sash or the tunic that he wears. It could be it could be just like one of those things. It's it's just like before uh, before the internet was 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 really big and you could you could kind of easily get reference picks. Just like I'm going to get a little bit of this and a little bit of this. So. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I don't know. It could be both. Could be either or. 
And the Able anime also had that amazing Daisy character who is like just this barbarian woman who teaches Able how to use a sword. Mm-hmm. She's fun. She's fun. I just like all of the characters. Yannick's my favorite. But every just like everyone, <laughs> everyone has really good uh, designs. Everyone has really distinct, uh, distinct personalities. The cast yeah. never feels too bloated. Um, there's there's one episode though where the animation quality really takes a hit. It's when it's when they're on the ghost island, I think, and that's it's barely an animatic. <laughs> it's, it's like wow, they had no money for this episode. Was, he, was that in the later? Uh, it's episode series. I want to say 16 17 oh, so okay. it's just it's just which is funny because the US opening has has little clips from episode 14 <laughs> which we never got to see in, until yeah <laughs> until recently wow yeah but uh, I'm super glad element 7 has got them has got them all fan subbed and they're on and they're on YouTube now the music uh, in the dub was far is far better though um, you, you are you talking about the uh, the the music that they added to like the intro, or mm-hmm. you're talking- uh, they uh, uh, they added a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, symphonic suite pieces in there because oh, okay. a lot um, because in the in the originals they have kind of it's just like generic generic anime music and they have they have the fight music from from Dragon Quest 3 but it's it's not as good as the it's not as good as the symphonic piece that they used. Huh, the so the, the the dub the dub had music that the uh, that mm-hmm. the Japanese version didn't cuz I, I, I had way better music. Yeah. I, I I do remember the music specifically um the fact that uh, when this anime was first uh, debuted in the US I guess it was around some like sometime around 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Warrior 2 was out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It but Dragon had, Warrior yeah, three three was not yet out. No, so, three had this weird this weird delay. Yeah, uh, it was so, spoiled in in Nintendo Power like nine months before it came out. Nice. Uh, but the music from Dragon Warrior three and a little bit from four made it into the anime. Mm-hmm. So and references from Dragon Warrior three like Najimi Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it into the anime, so I'm sitting there watching it as a kid. And then when Dragon Warrior Three comes out, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's the Jimmy Tower! It's the it's the thirteenth episode!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, so it was just a it was just amazing to see that you know um, all of the all of this music that I was familiar with watching these cartoons over and over again every Sunday uh, so, suddenly come into fruition in in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I got three, and 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 that fight music wasn't near what wasn't near as good as it was in the anime. I was really, I was really disappointed. Oh, I, I like, think oh. I just liked hearing the reference. <laughs> well, all right, Liam. I see you uh, clicking around our uh, show notes. Yeah, I think we're out of notes. I, whole, I think we are. This whole thing has been scripted. The entire thing. Nothing. Nothing has been impromptu. Page ninety-seven. Uh, yeah. Is complete. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that's it for tonight. Um, thank you, Dwayne, for joining us, and thank, thank you, you very for, much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Have yeah. Have me back on anytime. Awesome, and uh, thank I'm, you so much for for the artwork that you've provided for uh, all of our social media accounts. 
uh, you're welcome. It was. Uh, it's always. It's always fun to do. It's always fun to do Dragon Quest stuff. So, and it's nice. It's nice to see that there are more than five American Dragon Quest fans now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all uh, Smash people that uh, don't know anything about the series. Those. But uh, hey, that's okay. We, just like if, I, just like if I see if I see a Dragon Quest fan out out in out in the wild, because I'll wear I'll wear slime shirts. I actually I've actually got a um a uh, a Batman shirt that instead of the bat the, the bat symbol, it's a Draki. And somebody, oh, nice. somebody a couple weeks ago saw it saw it and recognized it. I'm just like, yes, yes, Dragon Quest fans get hugs. <laughs> oh man, I gotta see that. Is that on? Um, is that still available for sale? Uh, or? Yes, it uh, sh- should be. I got it from I got it from uh, tpublic.com. They have they have okay. a lot of really good Dragon Quest shirts on there. Nice. Well, That's pretty cool. Um, we do want to thank uh, Dwayne Bullock, who is our resident artist for the Slime Time podcast, and thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, Please, please consider joining uh, tons of DQ discussions at uh, Dragon's Den forums, um, perhaps one of the remaining not-dead forums on the net. Um, you can find it the Dragon's Den main page at uh, slash forums Yes. Um, you might have noticed something that has been missing from this podcast and all of our podcasts. Any mention of Patreon or other ways to donate to us, don't worry. We're not going to mention that now or ever. We're just longtime fans. We Uh, exist. Give us money. We exist. (laughs) We are. But if you do feel the need to give somebody money, go over to that website that Liam just mentioned, the Dragon's Den. The owner, Brian Woodis, we've had him on a couple episodes ago um, chatting about Dragon Quest XI. And I'm sure he would appreciate anything that you do. He's got a button there. Support this site. Also, he's got links to tons of Dragon Quest games that are all available nowadays on Amazon. So you could not even send a penny directly his way, but go through Amazon, get yourself an awesome game, and they'll give some money back to him. Yeah, because we're not we're not getting paid for any of this. Just no, like we're every not. just just like every fan site you see out there, especially especially uh, Dragon Quest stuff. It's it's made it's made by people who love the games and we we track we, we track all this stuff down and put it out there because because we want you to see it and we want you to enjoy it as much as we do. Very much so. And special thanks to Descendants of Erdrick, a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas, um, for doing the uh, intro and outro music um, or for allowing us to uh, to use it. Um, if you like what you heard, check them out. Uh, their most recent, recent album, Advent, is available at DescendantsOfErdrick.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrick. Uh, or go see their band leader, Mandela Pre, live on tour as the guitarist for Andrew WK. And finally, if you are looking for more Dragon Quest podcasts, you can check out our earlier episodes or log on to the Dragon's Den and hear Dwayne and some of the original episodes of Slime Time from, I think, six, seven, maybe eight years ago plus. Um, And also, there's a couple other great podcasts going on right now. You got the uh, very PG-rated Southern Charm of Austin and BJ on Dragon Quest FM. We uh, chat with them on Twitter often. and. Liam here 
has even made a guest appearance on the little bit more R-rated Puff Puff Hour podcast. And uh, we'd be pleased if you gave both of them a listen as well. We, we enjoyed them, and they've kind of inspired us to bring this back too. So from the earliest slime times to the latest episode of Dragon Quest FM and Puff Puff, there's a lot of good stuff to listen to out there. So thank you all. Have a good night. Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you, Liam. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for me. Uh, uh, keep on keeping it gangsta with your G's on the west side. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to follow that. <laughs> okay. All right. This is <laughs> Slime Time sliming off. Have a good night, everyone. Yeah.